Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. He does this where he... Um, Who's he? Yusuf, sorry. <laughs> tweet, tweets a quote that I've apparently said at some point in the past and then just sends me the tweet as it's like gaining loads of comments and traction. And I just have no idea. Like I can't remember saying the thing, but it's been attributed to me. I didn't know he's tweeted about it, but he has. And now there's just people commenting and stuff happening. And it, it's kind of like, it feels like he's going like, here you go, Johnny, deal with, deal with the consequences. <laughs> of what you didn't do. Yeah. Like people, loads of people are saying stuff. You've got to reply now. It was you that said it. You shouldn't have said it. But something about using the offhand comment like <laughs> seven months ago. <laughs> well, yeah. He also, during these calls, um, when we're doing like podcasts together, I always assume we're not doing the video. We're not using the video for anything. And then before I know what's happened, the video's on YouTube. And there it is out in the world. Consequences. Yeah, well, so actually, I mean, obviously people listening are going to know, what, what is the tweet, Johnny? I, I hear them screaming in podcast land. What, what did you maybe potentially say six months ago that is gaining traction and comments? If I, I think if I was better at using my arse during heavy stuff, I'd be fine, Johnny. And then the, the follow-on comment is, that's 15 years of powerlifting wisdom condensed right there. I mean, I agree with the, with the statement. But I don't remember saying it. But if you, if you could use your ass more, it's now, just is one of that, But <laughs> is that is that a is that a biomechanical flaw or is that a neurological problem that you don't try and engage your glutes enough? That's a great question. I would say that's the question, to be honest. That's I mean, the question. That's what's holding you back. If it's biomechanical, like I'm not sure how much I can do about it. Um. I don't know. You, you, you ever had it where, so if you were to do a set, so Alex is doing a like a black ops from the vault, never released before, only done, only used during some very suspect experimental trials five six years ago, <laughs> training program that we that we've designed. When you do one of those sets, if you do like a, some squats or deadlifts, do you, the next day, do you have sore glutes or not? So I don't. So the the squats, yes, a hundred percent. I reached a. There was a point of like feedback in my head where I was like, "Oh, I need to be concentrating on this. This stops me from folding." Um, mm-hmm. So that helped. Uh, the the deadlifts this week was a bit. I don't know. It was quite honestly quite upper back based. If I'm being that, that was felt like my limiting factor this week. Right. So I would but, say I probably don't get low enough on my deadlift. I've already started quite high hips. But um, who knows? <laughs> Sounds like uh, some song references. Like you don't get lo- low enough high hips. 
got to have high, high hips for the for the living, whatever the Panic at the Disco song is. And then... Uh, <laughs> well, that's for, that, well, there you go. That's going to help me prompt. That's a memorable yeah. prompt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just think that the whole time whenever you're deadlifting. But it's good that well, you I have got, a sword. I don't have to have high hips. I have to have low hips for the living, it would seem. Yeah. Low, mm. low hips for the lifting. <laughs> it's all these things are a real point of contention. Like people argue about should you set your hips or not? Because if you set your hips too low, sometimes you get tipped. When you when the bar leaves the ground, there's all these tip things. backwards. No, tip forwards. So there's a there's oh, a level at which yeah. your hips will be. There's a level at which your hips need to be at for the bar to leave the ground. And if you yes. set your hips lower than that point, all that will likely happen is the first portion of the lift is your hips raising to that point, and that is you to getting tipped forward, and then the bar leaves the ground. So like you should you should set your hips at the point where they're not too low, they're not too high. And that totally lift. depends. <laughs> for the living. Are those the words? High hopes for the living. Got to high. high I I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I just know it as a noise. It's one of those things. Like I don't don't really like Panic at the Disco, but it's a a catchy song. Controversial. Now, this is the business topics that we need to be talking about. Do you like Panic at the Disco or Marvel movies, as we got into a debate about the other day, which are the most unbelievably profitable asset, I think, ever in history? Had had to have high, high hopes for our living, not the living, our living. Our living. Yeah. Or like, low hips for the lifting. For like a vocation. You had high hopes. There you had you to. You were forced to. Well, no actually, idea. this does, this genuinely might, it's a bit of a reach. <laughs> That's very tenuous. segue into uh, what we're talking about today. Uh, in the business podcast, which is sales and the first thing, sales 101. 101. So we'll probably we'll probably do a few more in this series um, because there's tons to talk about with sales. But having higher high hopes for a living, <laughs> maybe switch some mindset things with sales. <laughs> yeah. That's a massive. But no, I, so I think one thing with sales is having a mindset that people will want the thing that you're selling is very important. <laughs> you have to have high hopes for it. <laughs> well, Although, just like a deadlift, you don't want to get tipped forward. There is a point at which <laughs> it's too high and is not is not proper, and there's also a point at which it's too low and is not proper. So you need to find a middle spot of your expectations when it comes to selling things, um, in a few different aspects, and I think. Hello, I'm just literally saying this now, so Johnny will be surprised by this. But I think what we're going to talk about is today we'll probably go into like framing your pricing for sales and high or low. <laughs> he's, he's aghast. He's just fallen off his chair. I'm so surprised. Uh, no, we're talking about kind of too high or too low of pricing, and then, but not even just in like the business model, but in the way that you frame it when you're talking about sales. Um, and then also in your expectations for the amount of people that are going to buy the thing that you're selling. Um, yeah. So yeah. That was a that's, very rough segue. Let's do. Episode, but we're here now. That's, yeah. I mean, that, I had no idea we were going to discuss any of that until just now. So hopefully we have something to say that's that's helpful. But why don't we talk about what is 
So I, 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 in my head, sales and marketing are different. I think a lot of people think they're the same. So I, in, in my mind anyway, or at least in like in how we deal with it, marketing is like getting someone to the, to the shop basically. Mm-hmm. And then sales is like making sure they actually buy something or, or allow, giving them the information they need to actually buy something. And something you said there was having, having hopes that someone actually wants the thing that you have. I think that, to be honest, that is, that is fundamental. Like if, if that's not the case, you, you quickly enter into this realm of like basically a scammer. <laughs> like if, if you're making somebody buy something when they don't if want you it, don't have high hopes for a living, then yeah, then you're a scammer. Like just before I got called from a mobile number, an unknown mobile number. And I looked at it for a while and you know, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't have this, but like, there's always someone who you think might call you. Like when, when, a, when an unknown number comes up, you think like it could be them. Do you have, do you have that? I don't have that. No. Well, I'm not I, waiting I, on that big call up. <laughs> it's yours. It's yours. Yusuf. Cause he probably uses like 17 different apps to obscure his phone number and location. So you think this is probably Yusuf. So that, that is a very Yusuf thing to do. I'm quite impressed that you've kind of picked that up about him because he he would never admit to anything like that. But yeah, like if there's anyone who uses a really advanced VPN and is never where you think they are online, it's, it's Yusuf. But yeah, it's, um, so I'm actually waiting for a, a gate at the side of my house to be replaced because it's rotten. Right. And the guy who's supposed to be repl- replacing the gates taking bloody ages. So I, when the phone rang, I was like, it might be him. So I answered it. And it was a guy calling me from a Bitcoin agency trying to sell me, yeah, trying to sell me Bitcoin something. I assume either like a, a Bitcoin, a bit of a Bitcoin, or something to do with Bitcoin that's working so well for him that he has to to buy phone numbers and cold call them. But um, that, like, he's trying to sell me something that I don't want. Like, I, at no point have I said... I'm interested in some kind of Bitcoin product, but he's trying to sell it to me. And so I, my immediate thought is like, this is awful. This is like, get off the phone. I, I feel like I'm being like missold something, right? Or scammed. Um, so you have to assume that we have to basically have something that people want. But in, in fitness, most of the time, people do want that thing. And I think that's really like, that's the problem that coaches have for online coaching is that, I know that I want the outcome. Yeah. I'm just, there's lots of uncertainty in the way. And like what most people do is just basically block their customers from, from buying their stuff. So the, the example I always think about is what, what phone have you got? What phone do you own? Mobile phone. An iPhone. So why do you have an iPhone? Why did you buy because, an iPhone? Cause all of my friends have them. <laughs> Actually, because of actually because of your podcast, I genuinely think. Oh, so God. when I started listening to Propane Fitness, like however many years ago, decades ago, I, I was convinced into Apple products because I think I had like an HTC or some nonsense at the time. Okay, uh, and then I was convinced that the suite of products was more, I don't know, like it's more efficient and intuitive which might be true i think it is true but i'm also a customer so you know that's my that's my identity but you you thought that like alex with an iphone like that version of your life that'll be better than alex with an htc or with any of the other phones you're like well 
if I can just get that phone, then everything will be simpler. My life will be better. So you, you buy it, right? Like you want the outcome. You want like the lifestyle that comes with being an Apple user. Are we back? The connection. We are back. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so like in the same way, if someone wants to drop a stone, they want to drop a stone because it's like, well, the version of them who's a stone lighter yeah. is easier, is better. Like they know that. Like, you know, you want the iPhone. It's kind of the, it's what the guy, like the guy basically has to mess it up in the shop to get you to not buy the iPhone. Right. And that's yeah. what most, most sales processes for online coaches do. It's the guy going like, I wouldn't buy that, mate. Like, we've seen the new Galaxy. <laughs> you've seen the new Samsung yeah, Galaxy. Uh, oh yeah. Well, Android. It's, it's so weird with all that stuff as well. I mean, it's exactly the same in the fitness world, but like it becomes an identity. It becomes mm-hmm. like a, you're in this camp. Yeah. I'm keto. I'm Android. <laughs> yeah. And people like look down on iPhone and people look down on, I mean, Yusuf has a real problem with anyone who doesn't use Apple products. Yeah. Like, proper. Like we even had a, a client I think, in the I think he's had a few charges criminally, right? <laughs> oh, so I don't know if we can talk about these. Sorry. I don't know if you can talk about these. <laughs> so actually I want to say legally, I can't confirm or deny that there's been physical harm done to others from Yusuf. <laughs> You see someone, someone in the street, like with a with a Dell laptop, and just gets so angry about it that he. I mean, I think I think part of it is that for his job as a doctor, he has to use Windows XP, and yeah. I think it makes him very angry. So he just projects that onto the rest of the world. I think he has some like pretty like tail end extreme experiences with Windows. So, like he'll he will call someone and read some information to them over the phone, and they'll say, "Oh no, no." You need to fax it to me. So he's like, "You want me to? You want me to, to print out this and then fax it to you when I can just read it to you over the phone?" And like, yeah, yeah. So he's got to deal with all that like infrastructure. So it must be frustrating. He's under a lot of pressure. Bless him. You know, he, he really likes Apple. A lot of people don't like Apple, and he feels like he has to carry that mantle and and be the guy that that gets people to buy Apple products. We actually just had a client the other day. They they they're on a call with us, and they said. I've, guys, I've just bought a laptop because of you. I've just bought an Apple laptop because of what you have said. I've only ever felt responsibility like that before. And it's when someone said they'd heard me recommend getting a dog on Modern Wisdom and said they bought a dog because I suggested that. Because that's pretty serious. Like a laptop, if it's, if it's not what you expect, you can change it. But a dog's like... A dog is not just for... I always like to say, a dog is not just for Christmas. It's a life. Cool saying. It's a cool yeah, saying. I know. I don't know how I came up with it. Um. <laughs> so I feel like we should explain that. So we, we we've had a few conversations recently where where people have said the sentence like I I often have this thing that I say, um, and then they go on to say something that's a very very common phrase that a lot of people use, and it just it's very hard not to laugh at. Anyway. So, so ba- it's like people, people buy something because they know they want the thing. They know they want the lifestyle, the outcome, the problem to be solved. And there's kind of stuff in the way that stops them from buying it, right? So marketing is all the stuff that Apple do with the, do you remember those adverts that were like a, it was like a silhouette dancing and there would be a bright yes. background and then there'd just be white, a white cable. Yeah. And that creates the desire of like, wow, an iPod's the coolest thing ever. And then you actually go to purchase one and there's the kind of the buying decision of like, can yeah. I afford it? Which options can I get? Like, what, is, what does it come with? Oh, have you seen all the alternatives? Oh, God. Like, I want an MP3 player. 
Yeah. But Apple's slightly better for, for various reasons. So like the sales process, that's where stuff like the price comes in, the stuff you were saying before, like how many people are going to buy it, how, you know, pricing too high, too low, objection handling, basically. So I think that the simplest way to look at the sales part of what you're doing is someone's already kind of interested, or they should be. They should kind of know what you do. They should kind of know who you are because your marketing's brought them there and gained the awareness. Yeah. And now they just have reasons why not, basically. They have like, I know I want the thing that you're selling, but I don't really trust you. I think it might not work for me. I worked with an online coach last year and it was terrible. I've just done a program that didn't work. Um, all these all these things. And your selling has to overcome those or at least give people the information that they need to like make the right decision. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, I mean, most of it is that if they've arrived at the point that you're in a sales conversation. Now, it's a bit, because it is a bit of a like abstract line of where like marketing ends and sales begins. Mm-hmm. I, I think... It's, you know, well, there's, there's, I always like to say, always be selling. <laughs> there's this idea of, of always, you're always selling and you are always doing that. And I think that does sort of work as a mindset, but having boundaries of where you understand a sales conversation is happening is also quite important. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a business, otherwise you're like, you know, because it could all be sales if you really zoom out and think about it abstractly. Woo! That's not useful for anyone sitting here listening to this, trying to run a personal training business. So, you know, I, I think having boundaries where you understand, oh, this is a conversation. Someone has some context about who I am now, or someone signaled interest. I think at the point that someone signals interest, like that could be through an opt-in, or that could be through literally just emailing you being like, oh, I've seen you about and I think you're really class. Or it could be coming up on the street and being like, oh, my mate Alan did your program the other week and he's, he's got banging results. You want a job? I don't know who this character is, but I like him. <laughs> he's got banging results. I'm not trying to get fit for our beef when stuff opens up again. Do you want help? No. Everything from that point on is, what were you going to name the character? I don't know. I, I was just saying our beefer. Our beef. I thought you said our like, Big Bez. I, I just, Bez. <laughs> that's okay, Big that's Bez. It. Going beefer with big bez anyway so so that once once anyone's come to you and signaled interest even if it's like oh i've kind of seen you about i don't really know what you do could you tell me a little bit more i think having that as a reasonable point of this is where sales starts mm. uh, is probably a kind of good way to, to frame it for your business um because in any capacity if it's a dm conversation if it's a sales cause which we don't recommend mm-hmm. um if it's if it's like a, a challenge or you know any of the kind of ways that you can any of the environments the sales environments that you can have a conversation with someone um still it, they have to signal interest to get to that point i, I think having that as like an initial framework um yeah yeah, yeah. and like i think the, the the there's a common misconception that so a lot, a lot of what's taught, obviously, is is people think selling. They think discovery calls, strategy calls, a sales call, basically. And I think the most common context that I hear that used in is like someone runs an ad to a page where someone can book a call, and so yeah. someone finds themselves on a fo- on the phone with someone who has read a bit of ad copy, seen an image, seen a landing page and schedule the call like they know nothing about you and so that's where like people think sales is well taking this person who is completely a complete stranger all the way through the like who who you are and what you do and why why you can help to the point of actually closing the sale 
and think that they're going to do that in one conversation. Yeah. When really, like, it's just not going to happen. Like, when have you ever bought anything like that? Like, not not you, Alex, but the, the, <laughs> the listener. Where, you know, he, whoever buys anything in that way, it's very, very rare, unless it's extremely cheap, right? Like, this mug. So, <laughs> for listeners, for people listening, it's up a mug. It, it's orange. It's like a, like a, it's not quite pastel orange. It's a, it's a bright orange mug with a small black half of a dog's face on. (laughs) Which half? The the top half. So from halfway up the nose up. Snout, Um, snout up. Snout up. Yeah. Eyes, eyes and ears. Um, So (laughs) it's of my dog, Dexter, it's of a, it's of a black cavapoo. Dexter is a cavapoo. Um, And I bought that off an Instagram swipe up ad. So I bought me one and I bought my girlfriend one and I thought, that's nice. And it was like five quid or something each for each. I thought, that's a nice thing. I'll buy that. So the sales cycle for that was minutes. Yeah. Right. Like I didn't necessarily know I, I wasn't searching for the mug, <laughs> but when someone was like, Hey, have you seen this mug? I'm like, yeah, I see that mug. That looks like a pretty good mug. I'll buy that. How much is well, it? Is, right. is that Dexter? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What's he doing there? But like, imagine if this, if that swipe up was someone standing with like their shirt off, and then before I know, and then they ring me tomorrow, and I forgot to book the call, and then they're like, "Oh, it's eighteen hundred quid for a sixteen week program." You're like, like, Whoa. mate, like I've, I was just going to do the thing, and I saw in the back of the, mag- the magazine I read the other week when I was waiting in the dentist's. Like, yeah. can, I'm just going to do that. That was free, but you were trying try to charge me that much. Like, that's that's really. That's again, it's kind of moving over towards trying to sell something to someone that they don't necessarily want. So I guess like prior to being in team propane, Alex, and the the inner circles of inner circles, the black ops, the the elite, um, had you ever sold anything before? Uh, Yes, I had. (laughs) God, What what did you sold? Oh, personal training. Connection's gone connection's gone we're back are we back we are back, we are yes. back. what what we what yes, did you I, I, I had to what's that before wow my personal training on a gym floor i've done that before mm-hmm. uh also did some stuff at top shop nice um, sort of, which is sales assistant i don't know if that's really sales it's sales ish so i think that is i think that is sales because people are in top shop because they want the clothes well yes and like it's your job to like up the average basket value i imagine it is, but I never, that was never the focus. Right. It's more about keeping cues down. Well, at least I like, there was never, well, maybe, maybe that's why they've gone under. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was never a focus of like, oh yeah, you should be really trying to shift this product. Right. Oh, we've got these lovely skinny jeans in this week. We've got mm. this lovely Y neck button up, the little highlighter yellow collar. We need to be punting these out of 15 year olds. It was never like, you know, it was never that. Um, but then I also did door-to-door sales. Well, door-to-door charity knocking sales in Sunderland. Oh, God, I didn't know that, man. Bloody hell. Yeah. That is tough. That's very yeah, that's tough. The front, that is, that's the front lines. That's uh, that's the edge of all sales. That's the, I don't know, yeah. I mean, that is selling to people that don't want and don't even have the means to want. And that was just like, that's there. That That's the, well, it's the worst selling environment I've ever been in, for sure. Yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of the like well-known online marketers these days, when you look into it, like a lot of them were raised Mormon, 
and like one of the things in like a strict mormon upbringing is the you go on a mission and you're like spreading the word of the book of mormon and that is knocking door to door trying to tell people about a religion they they don't they generally don't want to hear about and trying to convert people (laughs) to a religion it's like if you can do that like selling something that's probably quite and also not to be controversial but mormons selling it to their wives that they can have another wife that is sales is that, <laughs> that is jesus imagine that so I, I don't know that my my, my <laughs> mormon knowledge comes from the the play book of mormon the book of mormon well no so polygamy is something that is allowed in some areas of mormonism in the in the dark the black even, i don't even think the dark realms well in the like the so bravo is a channel out here in america but where is it that tlc in the in the desperate housewives of utah and there's like seven wives right there's some shows like that so that's a thing that exists within the mormon faith maybe not all sections but you know that's a sales effort that, yeah. you have to overcome some objections <laughs> on like wife number six like that is that's like, that, the heart of the mormon faith is just a an apps like a guy who's just done a lot of sales calls exactly <laughs> The guy who's just, he's been there, done that. He's got the framework. He worked with Jordan Belford on the Wolf of Wall Street set. Like uh, so what do I do? On wife three, well, I guess they'd be American. So on wife three, well, you know, it's a different objection to wife two. In okay. Utah, Salt, Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, Salt Lake. It's the, the yeah, hub. It's odd, it's odd that they don't, do they not like drink coffee because they don't want it to affect their... I'm not purporting to be an expert on Mormonism. Oh well, you are now going to be Amish. Amish, Amish is another one. They're they're no electricity, which I'd imagine no caffeine. Um, It's hard to do online coaching with no electricity. I would say it's impossible actually to do. Is religion just sales? Anyways, let's let's dive into that one. Hi, I'm Charlotte from Brighton, and I'm a personal trainer and also belly dance teacher. So I took the propane business course uh, as a bit of a risk, really. I hadn't had much contact with Johnny and Youssef prior to this. Their advert just happened to pop up in my feed at the right time. Um, So I did a little research on them, listened to some podcasts and decided that their ethics and their, their philosophies seemed to be fairly sound. So I took a plunge and signed up for the course. It was definitely a fantastic decision for me. The 12-week course has lots of amazing information about how to develop your business to last for the long term and to be able to build it and scale it to make it uh, bigger and better. And obviously there was also the 12-week fast track, which was really successful for me. I had a two-week challenge for my followers and we had about 50 people in the group and uh, from that I got a lot of new clients which was fantastic and it also really gave me the confidence to do new things such as doing Facebook lives and other marketing things that I was always a little bit nervous of giving a go. So if you're thinking of taking the Propane Business Masterclass I would definitely highly recommend it. Good luck. But well but anyway that is to say that a sales conversation. Where were we at? A buying environment. That's what we're talking about. Door-to-door buying oh, no, environment. No, no, so I, I asked you. This, I suppose I was, I was going somewhere with this, which was had you sold anything prior. I didn't know about the door-to-door. I didn't know about when you did the Mormon mission, that you had that, that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So you've done door to door, then you went, in, then you were a, a, a sales executive at Topshop, and yes. then obviously selling PT on a gym floor. Yep. Just literally, I imagine, just striking up conversations. Striking up conversations, trying to get to know people. I, I mean, that's that's the big thing that I think reflects back to the first thing is that a lot of PT sales are not well. At least for me, were not like approach and close. Yeah. <laughs> it was like. Oh, right. Hi, mate. I've seen you around. Oh, yeah. What are you trying to do? What are your goals at the moment? Oh, perfect. You know, I'll come along to my little class that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can come along. Or, oh, I'm doing some free sessions. Do you want to, you know, bop along to some of those? Um, oh, I've seen I've seen you training Janet. I, I know Janet. She's class. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very much, and I think, you know, the environment of a PT gym floor is a bit more of a community. There's a bit more of a, there's a longer burn with some sales. Some of them are like, oh, this is, Steve, he's joined today. He wants to do PT. That's great. That's a home run. Amazing. But that's not going to be the vast majority of how you pick up your clients as a personal trainer. Um, and it's exactly the same online. Um, you know, it's much more likely that you're, by having a longer conversation, by demonstrating some social proof, by demonstrating some value, by talking about how you understand their pain points, how you've worked with X who's just like it, or how you've experienced this, um, you're in a much, you put yourself in a much better place to when they go, Oh yeah, yeah. Let's. Oh, I'll do some sessions with you. It, it's going to be like there's, that's just a lot more likely to happen. Yeah, yeah. And so, like the the marketing for a for an offline coach is a, a lot of it's taken care of because the gym does a lot of it. So, yeah. like the you know the people who are in the gym, you can say one thing about people in the gym, which is like they they exercise, right? Or at least they're they're, they're doing something. Um, they're paying money to be there. Typically, they are there, which is like. I think most gyms run on the fact that most people don't even attend the gym. And then they they see you, you are the natural, you are like the, the premium option, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm paying the membership. If I want the bolt on, if I want the help, then it's one of the personal trainers who the gym trusts to employ. And they're there with the, like the equipment that, that signals they're the expert. So a lot of the, a lot of the marketing that is, required to get someone to the point where you can say like look this is how much i charge are you interested in working with me is yeah. already taken care of and that's that's why selling is obviously still very important for an online coach but the marketing is just as important so like the way we would teach it is with the 14 day 14 day challenge most of that is is like doing the stuff that gets someone to the point that when at the end of the challenge you say to them like this is my program really they should already be sold and if they're not, there's like there's there's not like a question or a statement or a, a fancy f- way of phrasing it that you can use that will suddenly get them interested, right? Yeah, I, I think that's that's very important. That like sales is not magic; it's mm-hmm. very dependent on the marketing. It's very dependent on how everything how they've arrived there. Like it, you're not just gonna say like. I know. I think this is like a problem with like Wolf of Wall Street and with that kind of hypey ring the bell. Let's yeah. make people feel sad until they pay me money. Yeah, like, yeah. great. But um, it, it's you know one that's not the most ethical way to function. And if you watch the movie, you'll know why. <laughs> you'll see the, you'll see the results of that and the effects of that and the <laughs> destroyed lives and all that jazz. Which again, I mean, you're probably not doing that at the level of PT, but still, you might be mugging someone off. Um, yeah. But anyways. <laughs> Um, that's just to say that there's, there's like, there is ways of talking and ways of discussing your offering and all of that, which do increase the likelihood of someone, but purchasing, but it's not 
the the magic. There's not like that's not gonna. If you don't have an offer that's good, if you don't have the right person in front of you, if you don't have all of that in place, the chance of you making the sale are incredibly low. It's not that you won't make the sale. It's not that, that you couldn't show me like tons of people that have managed to do it and force people and make them, you know, sell, what is it? Sell, sell water to a fish. I don't know what the phrase is. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's not that there aren't people that do that and that can manipulate psychology to do that. That's fine. And I think there is stuff to be learned from the people that have done that from your perspective of like how you can frame stuff better so that you're not wasting potential. But you're still going to have a better business that's in a much better health if you're selling to the right people in the first place. Yeah. And I think like the, the stuff you're mentioning there of like basically it's manipulation, right? At the, the very extreme end of selling, it's like someone says, um, I can't afford that. And you see that as the, like the beginning of the tree diagram on the script that you've been given to go through all of the ways that you can get someone to still pay money regardless. Like if someone is at the point in the sales conversation where they say, I can't afford that. That's too much money. Like either it's actually too much money, right? Or they have the money, but they don't think it's worth spending the money on, right? Yeah. Now price, price is like a separate conversation. Like, is it priced appropriately for the market? But also it's, there's not something you can then go like, well, what do you mean it's too expensive? Like what else are you going to spend the money on? Well, you shouldn't be going on holiday this year if you can't afford money. You know, all those sort of like nasty things or like, well, you should be putting it on a credit card and all these sorts of things that people say. Well, yeah, but but how much do you value your health? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've listened to, we've been in programs where people will give us core recordings of of stuff that they teach where they like, I've heard people get someone on the phone to take out credit cards and debt and loans and stuff like that. Um, And I just think that's at the point where, like not only are you getting yourself into a situation where you're, you're like putting someone under duress to make a decision, I don't think it's the best re- in, from a reputational perspective long term. But also, like the person, just, they clearly just don't really want the thing. They're buying it because you're yeah. emotionally manipulating them, right? Go Imagine and, that as a fucking client. Well, you have go, to go, work go, with these people for like months. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least that's the hope, right? So, like, yeah, exactly. go, go into Apple and look at how many of the sales reps in Apple are like emotionally blackmailing people to buy the latest MacBook that they're not because people want the MacBook. That's why. Right. And then a MacBook's two grand or whatever, you know, there's a full, full range. I think you can spend 15 grand on a computer in Apple. Like a Mac. Yeah. If you wanted to customize one with Um, extra fans, but like you don't have to book a sales call to buy that Mac. You can just buy on the website. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's about how something's framed really more than, what you say and most sales training that you will do talks about these tactics of like ways to phrase things and when to when to pitch and how to say the price and like there's a when so alex will be if if when you inevitably when you listen to this when you inevitably book a call to apply for propane business which you you may even be just about to do right now um but the, we we do the we do the calls kind of for two reasons like one People have a ton of questions, typically. It's quite hard to do the questions over back and forth. And yeah. two, unlike someone who wants to lose weight, like if someone wants business mentorship, the situation that person's in, there's like thousands of permutations. But anyway, so when Alex started uh, helping us do these, like one of the things that we gave you access to was like a training, which were like, don't follow this 
entirely, but this might is a good structure of how to sort of have a conversation with people. But one of the things that it says in the training is like, you should say the price and then you're not allowed to say anything. And once you've said the price, whoever speaks next loses the, loses the mind battle of like, who's going to like, whether you buy or not, which is just ridiculous. Cause like, if you, <laughs> if you're going to work with a coach, are you going to work with a coach because they said the price and it's too much money, but then they didn't say anything. So yeah. Oh, oh God, I've bought it. Because it didn't say anything. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, it happened again. Like, it's just, it just never happens. So whereas, like, if you get to the point where, like, actually, you know, I've been through all 14 days of this of this challenge. It was really interesting. It's, you know, it's a it's not a small investment, but actually I'm I'm pretty keen. You know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right? It's not because of some pushy, uh, unethical tactic. It's just because, like, you've created the desire in someone to work with you because it looks like what you're doing is the the line between where I am and the future version of me that is a stone lighter or ten kilos stronger or, or whatever? Yeah, that's that. There you go. That's go it. away and tell now, fellas. No, uh, <laughs> I think I think that uh, and well, I mean, we talked about framing. I don't know if we want to save this for another episode, but I think because it's it definitely is like a it's a nuanced thing because there is the extreme end of like the dumb tactics of like, if you do this, then you've won the mind battle. <laughs> but then there's also like, oh, you framed it in a way that makes it more far more appealing than, well, okay, actually, I'm just going to use this example and then maybe we can kind of finish up for now. Sure. But like, so a lot of people, when they're trying to go online and do the online coaching stuff, will be like, oh, but, but you know, they don't get the kind of same in-person access to me. That, you know, oh, frustrating. Oh, that, that feels weird because I normally work in person with people and I can talk to them. So... You can frame that as a negative and be like, well, I mean, yeah, you don't get the time with me, but it's, you know, it still can be effective. Or you can say, look, you don't want me to be there with you 24 seven, but because it's online, there is literally 24 seven access to my knowledge. And so they're going through this program that you would not get if you had me in person. Now that's just a way of framing something. That's mm-hmm. not, that's exactly the same thing. It's like, you could be like, well, I mean, I don't get to see you. You know, you can't really talk about this specific technique thing. Or it could be like, actually, people overthink in person. People overthink if they have access to me all the time. You know, uh, oh, but you only reply like once every few days. And what if I need something really bad? And, then, you know, you could be like, that's one way of framing it. But you could deal with that by being like, well, actually, it's going to be better for you to learn to figure this out on yourself and understand that it's not an emergency. And therefore, you know, your fitness won't collapse if you don't have this exact thing on one day about, you know, you went over on your calories and you were flapping about it sometimes setting those boundaries is more valuable now that's literally just a way of thinking about that you could equally phrase it as like that's less valuable i don't get as much access to you yeah but but the way that you talk about it and the way that you even put together your kind of pitch or even with the challenge because the challenge is really a sales process you know of from a to b and there's multiple kind of variable things that you can do within that to you know demonstrate authority give value uh frame stuff in a positive way but if you if you create stuff with a kind of better framing, with framing the value of what you can do and how you can help people get from A to B, you're in a much better place than if you're creating something talking about, oh, I know it's less, but like <laughs> that's just not the, the right kind of mindset. So I think that's where a little bit of the nuance is with some of the tactics versus actually the kind of mentality that you approach stuff with, with yeah. high, high hopes for a living. <laughs> Well, like, like as, I, as I said before, like the only 
the the only like legit objection. So you know, so people talk about objection handling and selling. If somebody doesn't have the money, they don't have the money, and nothing you can say or do, or there's no framing that can get around that. Or they don't want it. Well, well, so so not wanting it, I think, is the is like actually what people mean, and that's yeah. where the, the the framing comes in, right? So like, if I if you you tell me your coaching's two hundred pounds for six weeks, and I'm going to look at that and think, well, that's expensive, right? Well, why do I think it's expensive? I think it's expensive because I maybe have the incorrect framing about what I'm getting. Yeah. Right. So as you say, like, oh, I don't get, I don't get to see in person, the, the the coach in person versus, I get constant access to the coach for just two hundred pounds. Right. So the, immediately that kind of changes. Um, yeah. Uh, and not only do I just get one hour, I get there's ten hours of content in here that I can yeah. go through. Yeah. And like have constant access to, and he doesn't even need to be there, or she doesn't even need to be there. Like it's, it's just a. So, so, so that stuff is like the the sales part of the process. So if someone's gone through. 14 days of, or they've gone through, you know, being brought into your world, they've been taken through this 14 day sequence, they've been kind of marketed to, they're interested. Now it's like, right, show me what you've got. Like, take, open the, open the jacket and show me the, show me the shiny watches. watches. Now it's like, well, how much is it? What do I get? Why is this, you know, why is this going to help me? These sorts of, as you say, the, like the, the nuanced ways of phrasing things can help to match the value, the perceived value to the price. But, and I, I think we see the so I see the challenge as as a full sales process because I think they've opted in at that point. Yeah. Um, which you know I know that you were talking about sort of the pitch at the end of the challenge, um, but I see like the full thing as a sales process and kind of different angles of sales because I think they've shown interest. They're in the shop at that point. Yeah. They they're having their free trial. They're having whatever their experience with you. Um, so I think even you know, adopting some of that positive framing throughout the process itself um i think it's very important and you know and i mean really not super it's not exactly the same but you know you could spend an hour on the call with someone you could make them feel bad about their life and you could get them to spend loads of money with you (laughs) cool it's not that that doesn't work it's not that it's like that does work there's plenty of people that make a lot of money doing that and great they maybe struggle to sleep at night but um but like that's it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that there's a way of doing that where you can take the pressure off the people in terms of like making them make bad decisions for themselves. Like the people, I mean, by people, I mean, prospective clients, you can deliver even more value than that and deliver what they actually need to see because a sales call is not the best way for someone to understand how you can help them with a fitness journey. It just yeah. isn't Yeah, like it, it doesn't really map onto that because it's, it's quite a holistic lifestyle thing. Um, Whereas with the 14 days, you can still speak in a salesy framing context for 14 days, but you can do it in a much slower pace where you can take them through, really show them, show off the features maybe, or talk about your methodology, why it's better than others, or talk about someone's, you know, or reflect someone's experience back at them. Now, these are all points that within a sales call you might hit. But the difference with a challenge is that there can be 150 people in a challenge. There can really only be one person on a sales call or maybe two if it's like a business partner, you know. If it, but like, I mean, well, from a from a PT context, I guess it was like a, like a you know, two, two friends, two students that were friends. Maybe you could do two people on a sales call, mm-hmm. but the limit is still one. And that one hour that you spend talking to them is not efficient for you from a, a larger business perspective. It's also just not really needed so like yeah we we used to let people um just enroll in um into propane business without a call and what we found was 
firstly we'd we'd often get like someone would would go through like basically the the 14 days so we had a a challenge version for it someone would go through that and then they'd send us this huge email with 20 questions because or, or or like people would buy and they wouldn't be in a position where the program was relevant for them and i think like business advice what we've realized with doing this is business advice is like driving your car into a mechanics and saying you fix my car please it's like well maybe <laughs> we're not sure but we're gonna have to like have a proper look to see if we actually can help we're gonna need to try and establish what the problem is how old's the car when how long have you had it how many miles has it done there's lots of helping someone in a business context is a lot of things and i'm not i'm not saying that fitness is super simple but compared to helping somebody run a business it is very simple because there's basically for most people there's nutrition and training and most people coaching most clients don't require this extremely advanced um, setup. Like most people, it's basics. It's that they're not doing the basics consistently enough with some accountability, some objectivity, and someone guiding them on a journey. They kind of they have what they need to make progress, right? And it can be seriously life changing progress. But most people, therefore, don't need this. Like, let's have a look under the under the hood or under the bonnet um, yeah. to see to see what's wrong, right? They don't need the the call one to one diagnostics process to figure out they can kind of make the decision on their own and if you've done your marketing and you're targeting correctly with your advertising there's people who have a certain kind of demographic and a certain kind of set of preferences and your challenge is set up correctly the people who stay at the end the people who see the sales pitch at the end they're probably the right fit anyway and yeah. so that you can do a call if you want like if, if your coaching is the equivalent of looking under the the bonnet to see what the problem is then you can do calls at the end and the calls will be like 10 minutes long answering a couple of questions um but i I still think it's a most fitness coaches are able to sell their service if their price respects the the market averages without speaking to people one-to-one because people know what they want already they've been there done that they bought stuff that didn't work before they've worked with coaches who scammed them before usually they bought supplements that didn't deliver the promises so when they come across something that seems legit and it's built with them in mind and talks about their frustrations and stuff. And it's in budget, they'll, they'll go ahead with it. And yeah. then the pressure's on your coaching, obviously, to, to set things up properly. Well, definitely. And I think another kind of comparable or, or between, so with, with the business coaching, I think the cost of inaction with business or the cost of like less speed in business is much higher than fitness, generally. Yeah. Like, we could get like philosophical about it, but like as long as someone remains within boundaries of reasonably healthy mm-hmm. the consequence yeah. of not getting abs or the consequence of not x not you know whatever not benching 20 kilos more or you know they are pretty negligible compared to the cost of not moving faster with business and not putting yourself in a position where you're earning you know several thousand more a month or whatever yeah. it looks like you know yeah. and so i think that's why uh, you know that you have to be so much more careful with the business coaching or more detailed with the business coaching because it kind of does have to work a bit more for people it's a bit more of a livelihood thing versus um versus yeah, the, the fitness. Well, and there's also like infinite variables right like the, where the person's experience like the coaches experience previously the people they work with their expertise what they're trying to do where they're wanting to get this to whether they have a niche in mind yeah. Yeah. Like there's so, there's so many things to consider. Um, 
and I guess like we've established these like averages of, you know, the, the people who typically come in the program who get the best results, they tend to look like this and they mm -hmm. tend to get results like this. Do you fit that kind of mold? If so, great. But like, we need to figure that out and you can't do that by having some videos on a page. Yeah. In most fitness contexts, at least most people we work with, certainly our coaching, like even people who are like at elite levels. So like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm an elite powerlifter. I'm, I'm not, I'm not an elite powerlifter, but I, I certainly yeah, don't. He is. <laughs> Sorry? You are. Mm -mm, I, well, I, okay. I, I, I've competed at a high-ish level, but, but I still didn't have a call with my coach prior to hiring him. Like, because I, I didn't need one. I emailed him and I was like, do you have any vacancies? Why did I email him? Well, I was kind of aware of him through his generally, like certain bits he'd done, certain, I'd seen him at a seminar. So I'd seen him at like a one-to-many event. He was basically like selling his stuff. Um, I was impressed with him. I, I kind of like resonated with, with how he does stuff. And so I was just like, look, how much is it? What's included in the service? All right. Didn't actually hear from him then for several weeks prior to actually starting the program. But um, yeah. So like, and, and the program I'm doing, like a, a, as a, he's actually going to be on the podcast where we talk about the program that he's given me. It is so advanced mm -hmm. that he is um he thinks he's taken google sheets to its limit <laughs> like it's actual it's actual computational limit so like i will enter something and it lit it hangs because it's doing so many calculations um so that's the that's is this, is this because of what is this is the bar speed variable what's making it complex no that's just another variable that makes no. it more complicated again, but it's trying to manage like how fatigued it thinks I am, how much work I'm doing, how like my soreness, my energy levels and make like very precise prescriptions based on all of that. So that is pretty complicated. Like compared to the average, like push pull legs program, it's pretty complicated, but it, I didn't need to have a phone call with him to arrive at the decision that I wanted to work with him or he didn't need to like, he, he kind of knows like, okay, he's kind of at this level. So the, the, the stuff that I do, it'll, it'll help. Right. All was, all was done. Yeah. He, he didn't make me cry. He didn't make me take out a, a payday loan to, to sign up for his services, nor is he unreasonably priced because he's intelligent and he respects yeah. the, you know, market and market and forces are dictated by supply and demand. And that's how prices work. And it's not just charge what you're worth, mate. And fingers crossed it works. So there you go. <laughs> yes. So that is the end of Sales 101. We've been all over the shop there. We've been to Utah. We've been to Ibiza. And hopefully we've given you some value in terms of sales. We should and, talk about... You know, helping you with the process. Next time we should talk about... Um, oh. I think the equation is like value equals... I don't want to get this wrong. Value equals. You always like to say. I always have this phrase. Value equals, I think, results divided by price. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Well, well, we'll go back to the lab, see what, run some tests on that formula. <laughs> see what happens. I'm pretty sure that's right. It's just the idea that, like, you know, value is what someone perceives it to be. So if I said to you, Alex, like, you could, I'll give you the, I will give you a program that guarantees you, what was your goal? 200, do you want to say? What was the, the, the strength goal you had? Oh, I'm shy. Well, no, so it's 500 pounds, which I don't know what it is. 200 and 500 pounds. 
Is that what it is? Q270. Yeah, 500 pounds by the end of next year. Yeah. 500 freedom units. At, at the same body weight. Okay. So if I said... Two, what, 227 at 100 kilos body weight. Okay. So if I said, like, you can have a program that is guaranteed to work, but it's 10 grand. Like, suddenly that goes from being like, wow, holy shit, yeah, to like, hmm... <laughs> Um, it's not quite as valuable as as if it was a hundred pounds, right? So like the the, basically, oh, the price decreases the value that somebody receives, which is a bit of an odd thing to like get your head around. So like the larger the result, I wonder. I wonder if it, I wonder if it gave me a four hundred and fifty kilo deadlift guaranteed if I'd pay ten grand because that would make me would that make me the best athlete in the world at my weight class four you, and a half times body weight. You'd certainly be up there. Like you'd, you'd probably That'd get probably, a bit of a bit of a career out of it at that stage. In fact, like, <laughs> so yeah. yeah tell- you, so you'd be up with you'd be up with Tom Martin, Christoph Wisbicki. Yeah, like you'd be, you'd there, are, be, there are actually humans that do that. Tom Martin's not quite at four fifty. He keeps tearing his bicep and stuff in the process. Jesus but you've got a ten grand program that's going to get you there. So I don't know what you, there's anything to worry. <laughs> But so that's true, yeah. What, what you just hit on is exactly the point. So, like, if it got you a four fifty kilo deadlift straight away, it's like, well, the, actually, the price could be higher, and that's ex- that's exactly that's exactly it. So, like, something can be the the price basically has to be proportionate to the like the size of the outcome, right? So, um, if you're giving someone something that so like why why is business coaching more expensive than fitness coaching typically? It's like, well, if you help somebody to set up a recurring income in their business that then just repeats forever. It's quite a big deal, right? Like completely changes your life forever. Um, and once it's set up, it's done. So like, it kind of makes sense. And it also involves an awful lot more work from the, from the person delivering the help and the expert, because you've got to look under the bonnet. So you can, it's typically more, right? It's typically costs more. It's more of an outcome versus like getting down to absolutely, like that, maybe that's a massive deal for people, but it's probably not a five grand problem. Yeah. Probably. Especially when there are people who are saying, well, I've got something for 50 quid that can help you do that. Exactly. Right, so it just, um, it really that, that kind well, of. I have a phrase actually, Johnny. I think, I think we should finish on this. <laughs> if you, you know, if you give a, man, a hungry man a fish, you know, he'll, yeah. he'll be fine. If you teach a man to fish, okay, he'll catch a fish and put it as his Tinder profile picture. That's that's pretty good. That phrase, like I've never, I've not heard that before, but that's uh, it's pretty unique. <laughs> nice. Right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> Woo. Oh, I need to stop recording. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run? build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I 
to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.